we're going to be reading from Psalm 107. This morning we'll be doing our scripture reading a bit differently than usual. The three of us will be reading the three different voices or three different perspectives found in Psalm 107. See if you can note the repeated phrases in God's word. This is what Holy Scripture says. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way, till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty salty waste, because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. 
they sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Please take your Bibles, if you would, and turn again to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. As you turn there, perhaps you might think, I wonder, Pete, if we'll just put one of those foam things on here. Um, Just as you're turning to Psalm 107, I wonder if you might think for a moment about what the last 15 months have been like for you. What have the last 15 months been like for you spiritually? Take a moment and do a little self-assessment. Have you grown in your relationship with the Lord? Or have the trials of isolation, interrupted worship services, the, the steady stream of negative news, has it worn you down, made you cold to the Lord? We have called this day a thanksgiving service. But maybe you're not feeling particularly thankful. Maybe you're feeling spiritually numb. You might be feeling more resentful than thankful. Friends, follow me in this psalm and let this psalm do the work in you that it has done in me. For we are here and we have God's word in front of us. And this psalm begins with instructions to Christians the people who have been saved from their sins, the redeemed. And these redeemed people are told, they're commanded to give thanks to the Lord. Look at verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he's good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's you, if you're a Christian, whom he's redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands from the east, the west, the north, and the south. There are two things that are true about these Christians. They have been saved out of their difficulties. They're redeemed from trouble. And they've been brought back, gathered in from the lands. Now let's think about those two things in reference to us. If you are Christ, you can be sure that you have been saved out of your troubles. Your worst problem has been dealt with in Jesus. And if you are here, you can be sure that he has brought you 
back. He has gathered you from the north and the south and the east and the west, and he's put you in the backyard of Timothy Christian School. Some of you have been gone a long time. We've not seen you at our little gatherings. You've been watching online. Or maybe worse. But, after 469 days of not meeting all together, we are back. After 469 days of seeking to obey God and honor our authorities, we are back. After 469 days of striving for unity in a perplexing season, we are back. And thank God, and hopefully it will last. But whether or not it does, now that we are all back, it is safe to say that all of us here are called by God from this psalm to say, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. But these rather obvious connections to this particular psalm are not the only reason we should pay attention to it. Because while this psalmist rejoices in God's great deliverance, he remains a realist. The path for these people was not an easy path. And the path... The path for these people here now has not been an easy path. And the psalmist lists four ways that the people of God failed on their path. Four ways they stumbled in their following after the Lord. He also notes the one consistent thing they did every single time that restored them and fueled their thanksgiving. So let's begin by looking at the four ways these people failed, how they goofed up in their trial, and maybe you can relate to one or four of these. <laughs> Some of you might have drifted. This is the first failure. This was true in the pandemic. I talked to lots of Christians. Some of them drifted. They did not prioritize the means of staying connected with their church. If you weren't watching online, if you weren't attending whenever you were able, if you weren't joining in a member group, you may have drifted, spiritually drifted, and you ended up in a spiritual desert. Your spiritual life has been wasting away. Verse 4, some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Drifting from God starves the soul. Some of you might have isolated. Maybe you're an introvert by nature, and when all those requirements to stay away from people came down, you thought, that sounds great. <laughs> But over time, you cut yourself off. You self-isolated in the worst sense of that term. You cut yourself off from your brothers and sisters. You cut yourself off from the Lord. You cut yourself off from reading His Word. You cut yourself off from God in prayer. And maybe you got a little bit pouty that nobody was chasing after you and calling you. But then there was a whole other part of you that didn't want anybody to chase after you or call you. And so your isolation led to indignation. Verse 10, some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. That's what isolation can do. It, it binds you, it ties you up. 
Isolation from your fellow members darkens the soul. Some of you might have given in to sin. Verse 17. Some were fools through their sinful ways. And because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. You learned firsthand how awful it is to give yourself over to the world, the flesh, and the devil. You thought all this separation from church and God's people made a, a great opportunity to explore some sins you'd been wondering about. Enjoy yourself for a little while. But 15 months into that and your life is entangled in a mess because sin always leads to chaos and it always leads to more trouble. And your life has become so troubled by sin that you have maybe even had thoughts of self-harm. Sin kills the soul. Some of you have been preoccupied. Not everybody lost their job in this season. Some of you seized opportunity. You gave yourself to work or projects around the home. It took up all your time, all your attention. This is a different kind of distraction from the distractions of idleness. You were busy, way too busy for God. Verse 23, some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. But maybe in your busyness you discovered there was no rest there either. Verse 25, he commanded and raised the stormy wind which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Distraction like this numbs the soul. Drifting starves the soul. Isolation darkens the soul. Sin kills the soul. And maybe you didn't experience one of those things. Maybe you experienced all four of those things. You drifted spiritually and then you cut everybody off. You self-isolated in the worst sense. You gave yourself over to sins because, hey, why not? And then you, you gave yourself to some activity, some busyness, some hope in financial gain, some completion of, big, of a big project. And now here you are, someone who did not fare well through a trial. A drifter, an isolator, a sinner, the distracted. But if you listened carefully to the words of this psalm, you would have noticed something. A glimmer of hope nestled into the words of, these, of this psalm. Look secondly with me to one authentic response. Point number one was the four ways of failure. Point number two, one authentic response. There is one little phrase that was repeated four times, once for every failure. You see it in verse six. Then they, the drifters, cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Verse 13. Then they, the isolators, cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. 
Verse 19, then they, the sinners, cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. Verse 28, then they, the distracted, cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. In each failure, whether drifting or isolating or sinning or being preoccupied with the things of the world, God's people came to their senses and cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Now that's important to see. It was not once they had straightened themselves out they called to God. They cried out to God in the middle of the mess they had made. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. You see that? And look at what God did in every case. They cried to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them from their distress. That is such a wonderful word of promise. In each different form of failure, God's people called out to God from the middle of their mess and he delivered them. You may feel today like the prodigal son in the swine pen. You might have only the slightest flicker of spiritual life going on in you. You may be the 100th sheep where the 99 are gathered and you've been wandering. But if you just cry out to God, if you ask him for help, even if it is barely a barely audible whisper, if you cry out to God, he will deliver you. And his delivery always matches our failures. Kids, let me ask you something. Does a man on fire need a camel? Does a man on fire need a camel? Does a woman, a lost in the desert, need a fire extinguisher? No. The remedy needs to fix the calamity. The solution needs to be appropriate to the problem. The guy on fire needs the fire extinguisher, and I guess somebody lost in the desert needs a camel. That's the best I could think of. But the solution needs to fix the problem. Praise God, when God brings a solution, it always perfectly matches the problem. What's the solution for the wanderer? A safe refuge. Look at verse 7. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. What's the solution for the self-isolated? Get them back into fellowship. Verse 14, he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. What's the solution for the sinning? Forgiveness from sins. Verse 20, he sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. What's the solution for the distracted? Peace and clarity. He made the storm, verse 29, he made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet and he brought them to their desired haven. And God holds out this promise to you. He is holding out to you the perfect solution for your problem. No matter how you might have failed through the pandemic, he is ready and he is able, utterly able to rescue you the moment you cry to him for help. Christian, it is time to come home. Time to get right with God. Time to repent from sins. Time to set aside distractions. 
Time to look up and come back and stand with your brothers and sisters. If you simply turn and look and call on his merciful name, he will snatch you out of the lion's mouth. He will pull you out of the fiery furnace and he will rescue you from the raging sea. And when he does, you will have, like the psalmist, the third point, one heartfelt response of thanksgiving. Just as there is a fitting rescue for every failure, there is a res- there's a fitting response to every rescue. And it's repeated, again, four times in this psalm. Each time the first verse is the same. It's verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, and verse 31. Look at it. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Just say that with me out loud. Ready? Verse, you can read it in verse 8. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Four times that's repeated in this psalm. But after each time it is repeated, the psalmist emphasizes a different aspect of how God's steadfast, loyal love was manifested to each of the redeemed in their particular failure. So how then... Should rescued drifters respond to God when God snags your aimless heart and brings you home? Verse 8, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. How should drifters respond to God when God rescues them? With thanksgiving, because you've been found in the middle of your desert, he found you. How should rescued self-isolators respond to God when God pulls them out of their COVID cave and, and restores them back into fellowship? Verse 15, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. Isolators respond with thanksgiving when God rescues them because he's delivered them out of their self-imprisonment. How should rescued sinners respond to God when God forgives you of your folly and rebellion and guilt? Verse 21, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Sinners that have been forgiven respond with thanksgiving because he's healed you. He's healed you from the sickness and the guilt of your sins. How should those who were spiritually distracted but have been rescued by God and when God wakes you up and and brings you back, verse 31, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Thanksgiving. It is always Thanksgiving because he has rescued you from the storm of your preoccupied life and he has brought you back into the fellowship of God's people. Whether God kept you well through COVID so far or he's bringing you back now so that we can meet again, let us thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. He alone satisfies. He alone 
fills. He alone rescues. He alone delivers. And people that have been brought safely through the days of difficulty should extol him and praise him and tell of his great works to one another. He has done great things. And so we thank him. We thank God because of who he is. He rules over pandemics. Verse 33, he turns rivers into a desert. Springs of water into thirsty ground. A fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. And God rules over recoveries. Verse 35, he turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry dwell and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly. He does not let their livestock diminish. We thank God for who he is. We thank God because of what he does. He has purposes for his people in their suffering. Verses 39 and 40. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression and evil and sorrow. He pours contempt on princes, makes them wander in trackless wastes. And he has purposes for his people in their recovery. But he raises up the needy out of affliction. Makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Which is why the psalmist ends by saying this in verse 40. 43, whoever is wise, let them attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Are you wise? You are if you attend to what the poet has written, if you ponder it, if you consider it. You are wise if you stop right now and think about how God has preserved your soul. It wasn't you. It wasn't your job. It wasn't your family. It wasn't your good fortune. It was the steadfast love of the Lord. That is why this is a service of thanksgiving. It was hard to wait for this, wasn't it? But now that you have waited, isn't your heart bursting with joy and thanksgiving at the goodness of your God? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east, the west, the north, and the south. He never left us. He never forsook us. He was always with us. He brought us all back. Give thanks to the Lord. He did not forget us in our drifting. He did not ignore us in our isolation. He did not reject us in our sinning. He did not tire of us in our distractions. If we get to God, God, it's only because of God and His great grace. But you must never presume upon that grace. This will only be true and will only be you if you insert the key of this thanksgiving into the lock of your troubles. Verse 6, they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Have you cried to the Lord? Brother, have you cried to the Lord? Sister, have you cried to the Lord? Have you cried to the Lord in your troubles? The last thing God wants for you is to leave here in your troubles. We don't care how long you've been in your troubles. Cry to the Lord in your troubles. 
You can do this now. You know, it might be that the lockdown exposed to you that you never loved Christ to begin with. Frankly, you felt just fine without him. You felt fine without his people. You felt fine without his word for 15 months. It made no difference to you. Perhaps the lockdown taught you that you love sin more than you love God. And thank him right now that you can see that. And repent of your sins. And trust in the Savior, Jesus. Come to him. Come to Christ. Come all the way to Christ. Why? Because the drifter who keeps drifting, the isolator who keeps isolating, the sinner who keeps sinning, the distracted who decides to stay distracted, this one has no hope that they are in Christ. No hope they belong to God. But this psalm tells you what to do. Cry to the Lord from the middle of your mess. Ask God to save you. Ask God to pull you to himself. And I tell you, he is so gracious and he is so good. And he is so kind that if you pray that prayer, he will answer it. And then you will join us in loud thanksgiving because he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Let's pray together. Oh God, It is our hope and prayer that every single person here and listening would be right with you. So from the middle of our problems, help us to call to you, the God who answers, the faithful God, the God of steadfast love. Amen.